kind of highlighting what they said on, I want to say that was uh, Money Explained, where they say people, it's hard for people to say because they never, you don't visualize yourself getting old. That seeing yourself 20 years from now, that's like a completely different person. I don't know that nigga. So why am I saving for him? I know I'm trying to go to Atlanta this week and party. Yeah. That's what I do know. And, but and you just think you have time. You just yeah. have time on your side. Yeah. What up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I'm Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-host, Rozzy and Buff. Fellas, it's been a long week. Tell me what's on your mind. Uh, Not a whole lot, man. Tired, but uh, it, it's it's good. Just want to say uh, happy birthday action coming up uh, this weekend. So yeah, yeah. His birthday will be it's actually Monday, I think. I don't know yeah. my days of the week anymore. Yeah, so happy birthday to Action. Uh, we're going to turn up this weekend for you and everything. So, yeah, by the time this show drops, you will have known about it. <laughs> so uh, congrats to that, man. Uh, and everything else, man, I just want to say, ha- have you guys watched Loki up to the season, uh, episode three so far? Uh, how you liking it? I, I just I wanted seen, your thoughts I on it. I didn't I see episode three. I saw episode yeah, one and two. I'm going to watch three after we finish recording. Okay. How you liking it so far? I like it. I'm ready I like to see it. where it goes. Yeah. Episode two kind of confused me for a second. It was, it's a lot going on. You have to, like, if you turn away for a second, but so what happened? Who, who, who's doing what? Yeah, so, it's good. I like it. I want to see where the, it's going. I feel like something special happens episode three because you seem very excited. <laughs> Uh, episode three actually isn't the best uh, of the three episodes so far. It's it's good. It 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 has a lot of kind of um, reveals in it for like real true uh, fans, but for the most part, it just kind of advances the story. So it's not huge, but uh, it's just good. I'm liking it. I think it's really setting up the whole Doctor Strange and the uh, the what is it multiverse M- multi- multiverse of madness. So. Yeah, I think it, it's doing a good job of kind of setting up the multiverses so that Doctor Strange has to come in and fix it. Because I don't think they're going to fix it by the end of the episode or by the end of the show. So, but that's all I got, man. I mean, it, it's it's been a real light week for us uh, on, on this side of the uh, planet. I did do a twist out for Sophie that I felt like came out really, really good. So I'm patting myself on the back for that one. Uh, trying to figure out this whole, um, this, this dad life and how to do hair and everything else. So um, try my hand to do it as best I can. And fatherhood really got me thinking about that because, you know, he was he was struggling on that little girl hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch that on a plane uh, tomorrow. I still haven't seen it. So, yeah, a, yeah. I've been waiting to watch it. Get ready to cut some onions, man. It, it, it's got some sad oh, parts. Bro, the previews really had me, uh, my allergies acting up. I think because I sent it to you guys, right? Mm, nah, well, maybe you did, but I, I remember seeing it. But it's, I, did you think they balanced it well, though, Rozzy? Hold on, let's go. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me a day. 24 hours. No, we, all we wasn't going to like, we just did they balance yeah. it well? Yeah, we, we won't ruin the plot. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it, uh, it, it it does a good job of, of you know, getting to a sad moment, 
and then bringing it back up with some lightheartedness. Yeah. And so even though it'll get sad, they, they'll, they'll throw in some jokes. They'll throw in a light moment to get you back into the movie. So it's very watchable. Even, you know, it's not like uber sad where you're just like, I can't even watch this. So I could watch it on a plane and not look like a punk. Oh, no, you're going to look like a punk. It's going to be some parts that you're going to tear up. So, you know, it is what it is. Like, first 15 minutes is hard. Hard. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm already. I'm already, man. So, uh, what is, what you got for us, Buff? Um, I am athlete. I just started watching that. Um, it's a YouTube podcast with Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, Chad Johnson, and uh, I think his name is Channing Crowder, all former football NFL players. Uh, man, it is a great show. Like it, you know, you don't have to be a football fan. You don't have to be a sports fan to enjoy it. It's good. I watched an episode on my way to New York and on my way back. I watched a couple of Tabitals watching with me. And they just really touch on a lot. They remind me of us. They really do remind me of us, man. Uh, so it's it's a great show. Um, they had an episode where they all had their significant others on there. And they were discussing, you know, the difficulties of dating an athlete. Uh, you know, like a star athlete at that. Um, so they just talk about it all. They, I watched the episode with Dwayne Wade, which is really good, which I remember we talked about his son, who's now his daughter. And I remember me saying that I'm not ready to call a 12 year old. Uh, what's the what's the name he changed it to? Zaya. Zaya. Uh, yeah. but, just, but, you know, listening to Wade and just the progression it, it it really ha- has me rethinking that that comment, man. It's a great episode. The episode with Deion Sanders. So it's a great show. If you're looking for something to check out, I'm playing catch up on it. I knew about it, but I never watched an episode. But man, they those those guys, man, I hope that we can reach that level one day because it's really good. And I think we're just as good. They just obviously have a bigger name, bigger platform, but it's a great show. Well, you make as much as they do, so yeah, rising you do. No, no, nowhere near it. My um, boss listens. Y'all, y'all, y'all forget my boss listens to this show, so I can't be lying like that. Or, right. or putting on that I make that kind of money because she's gonna be like, from where? <laughs> 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 your only fans with your your feet. <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm thinking about it. Those, those only fans, man, they be making loot. She in racial chat rooms showing feet. <laughs> only, only the Twitterverse will get that. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep it light, man. Um, whoop, bottle of that. What you, what you, what did you pop open, Buff? Uh, a little, a uh, little malt scotch whiskey. I know you want me to say the name of it first, but I won't. Go ahead with your uh, thoughts, sir. I, I shall continue because Rosie's gonna do it for me. But um, so that Regina King movie that's coming out. The did you guys see the preview the, for that? The harder they fall, the, yes. the western yes. with Idris Elba, bruh. Yes. Like man, that just it, it looks so good. I'm excited. I don't think I've ever been ex- that excited for just a western movie. Uh, is it country? Or is it western? I don't know. Is it? It's a western. Oh, okay. It's a western. But uh, yeah. that looks dope. Yeah, she, I haven't been this excited for a Western since Django. Yeah, but but think about it. I'm, I'm a little more excited because this has because Django gave you um, Jamie Foxx. 
this gave you a cast of black actresses and actors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Lakeith Stanfield's in it. Like it, it is a it's star studded. Netflix did it with this one, man, and it's gonna be on Netflix, so you ain't got to worry about trying to spend money to go see it, or anything like that. So it well, looks yeah, awesome. Yeah, we might do a I might do a watch party or something when that comes out. It's September something, but I I, I hope to be home and watching it. But besides that, everything's good, man. Um, just ready to get into it, fellas. Anything else before we we make it happen? Oh, for the anime fans out there, um, there's a new show on Netflix called Record of Ragnarok. That's uh, pretty cool. It's like a, a tournament uh, style anime. So it's just fighting. And it, it's a really good artistic take on just like old gods. It's got Thor in there. It's got, you know, Zeus in there and they fight. And the premise of it is um, the gods want to destroy mankind. They're tired of everything. And then they say basically like Mortal Kombat. They say, well, we want to, uh, um, you know, we want trial by combat. And they put the mortals up against the gods and they bring in some of the like most historic uh, characters like Lu Bu from the Three Kingdoms. Anybody who uh, played any of the old games or, or know about, you know, Japanese history, Lu Bu was huge in that. And so Lu Bu has to fight for uh, the humans. And then it has Adam as the first man that has to fight against Zeus. And so it's just a really cool take on it. The artwork's cool. It, it's a different style or look to it. But the the action and the fighting is, is, is on point. So. Check that out if you're, you know, want to watch some anime uh, and, and for the nerds out there. So I haven't heard that name since Dynasty Wars. Yeah, yeah. Lubu in Dynasty Wars. Yeah. yeah. He, he, used to, but that, he used to be a beast. We yeah, had, Lubu hit the map. You run. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> and that was one of those games you really didn't have to really, really have a strategy. But when Lubu came, you, you you hit it. So that was our that's when we used to nerd out big time. Hours yeah. and hours and hours on Dynasty Wars. Actually, I, I'm. I think I might have bought it on PS4. So, um, but that's it. Um, oh, since we're talking about TV, I'm late to the game, but Manifest, I'm still in season one. Have either one of you guys caught that? I haven't watched I haven't. it. I, I've seen it show up on my Netflix queue. Uh, what, is it, what is it about? So basically, it's about these passengers on a plane coming back from Jamaica. And on their way back from Jamaica, the plane goes through turbulence. It's like a storm or something like that. Hits the fan and then everything goes back to normal. They land in New York. They're on their way back to New York. And basically the pilot calls in like, hey, this is flight 828. We're about to land. And like, hold on. Say that again. Who, who are you? And it's like flight 828. What's your name? My name Buff. And it's they're like, hold on. Apparently, the plane disappeared for five and a half years. So everybody on the plane disappeared. Life goes on. But the people on the plane did not age. Nothing happened to them. It was instantaneous. So imagine coming back. Jasmine's five and a half years older. Tabitha's married, remarried or whatever the case may be. That's your new world. And the thing about it is everybody. So they have these supernatural like premonitions and power so they're all kind of linked somehow but they're trying to keep it a secret from the government there's it's all kind of stuff so i don't want to spoil it hmm. i have to check that out it's like explaining after the snap yeah, exactly what i was thinking yeah it's kind of like that it's kind of like that the blip 
Um, yeah, and and it got canceled. So once you finish season two, that's it. I thought they. I think they said they were coming back for season three. I'm hoping. Mm-mm. No, ABC canceled it. Man. Yeah, it, it was. It, they were talking about it. How it's the number one show on Netflix right now, but ABC is canceling it. Like that. That goes. Show. So maybe Netflix will pick it up and they'll do a uh, season three. Uh, they're really it. good about that. They did that with Lucifer. They did that with a couple other shows. So maybe that's what they'll do. Okay, that's what's up. So let's jump into it, fellas. Uh, who wants to go first? Oh no, Sophie has a uh, a joke this week. She she has been waiting on this. Okay, on, I, go I, I was thinking you were gonna try to give us a joke, and I thought you were gonna kind of try to. I was Slide trying to it keep, in. No, no, yeah, she yeah. wants this one. Sophie, <laughs> are you ready for today's joke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we shall I chose a very very good one is that right we shall see yeah. <laughs> yes I remember that time when Uncle Ferg got one <laughs> oh yeah and then he wanted to get another one but he didn't get it <laughs> <laughs> how is your summer break going so far it is going great. All right. <laughs> Think you want to see Sophie? Yes. Hello. Hello. It's Z. <laughs> hello. Oh, hi. Tell Sophie uh, hello. 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 <laughs> Say hello. Hello. He says hello, hello. like you, Scarlett. I mean, uh, Sophie. Sophie. <laughs> Hello. Stop. Oh, I'm pressing button. Yes, you press the button. Don't press the button. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready for my joke? Yes, I'm ready for your joke. <laughs> the joke is, why couldn't the pencil get a date? <laughs> um, hold on. Why couldn't the pencil get a date? Hey, Skylar. Sophie said, hey, Skylar. Hi. Why couldn't the pencil get a date, Skylar? Um, he ran out of lead. He didn't lead. Know how to? He erased uh, it. Uh, yeah. How to? How to? So, <laughs> number two. Oh, he was broken. I got. We got nothing. He, he wasn't sharp enough. <laughs> I wanted to say that. You got it, Skylar? <laughs> Excellent work. It's okay. Excellent work. Uh, there's more to the ah, joke. There's more to the joke. <laughs> Sorry, the joke was dumb. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there was no point, point. to ah. it. <laughs> it's all coming back now. <laughs> Very good. Tell Sophie bye bye. Bye. Bye bye, Skylar. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. All right. All right. We'll be back uh, next week. Yo, we post so much on Three Brothers. We post so much on Three Brothers, I forgot that was like one of our posts. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was like, I, I, I think they're going to know it, but y'all didn't know yeah. it. I was like, oh, okay. I feel like, because like, like sharp enough, that doesn't sound. Well, I, I remember we when she said it, I remember we, but I was like, damn, what? How did that go? I forgot it already. <laughs> when she still kept going, I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. So who wants to go first? 
I thought it was back oh. on you. It, it okay, can be I can jump into it. Yeah. I can jump into it. So, um, so you know, I mentor and stuff like that. I'm part of the Houston Omega Lamp Lighters, and I try to do my due diligence and prepare a better, you know, world for them. You know, the young men that I mentor and my group mentors, and we have a. Uh, a vast array of young men from some kids who have some trouble, you know, single parent household, um, two parent households, stellar students to people who are uh, we've had some young men who have been in and out of uh, group homes. Like we've, 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 we've tackled it all, but I saw a post the other day where, you know, a young lady was basically saying that, we're not doing enough for our young men. Uh, not us, just like um, not the lamplighters per se, but as black men, we're not doing enough for our young man. So with the post and it reads, it's actually from, you know, um, Aunt B. So it says, I don't care how many sections and bottles you purchase at these events, how many parties you throw, how much you brag about the success of your black business, how fly you are. I really don't. It's an entire problem in Mobile with specifically young black boys waking up every day, acting like they have nothing to live for. And I'm squinting and even put my glasses on, yet I don't see any initiatives directed towards them. She mentions them seeing these kids on social media with ARs when really all they need is somebody to help change their direction. Somebody who looks like them, who they can relate to trust and listen to. But I mean, I guess it's cool because they aren't y'all kids. The idea of a village is dead. In scene. And we mentioned, we actually were start talking about the lamplighters. It's like, it shouldn't always be about, you know, putting people in suit and tie and trying to make them. I don't even know, trying to make them whatever, but. It was like we need to start targeting these guys who are out on the, these young men out on the corner and these kids that are dropping out of school. And I know, Riza, you you work with charter schools and sometimes charter schools, not all, but some of the charter schools end up having to deal with um, some of the troubled students or tr- students who had trouble. You know, we've all heard of the uh, the school to prison pipeline, which is a the whole a, a sad sadness in itself where should our energy be put considering that i've heard people say like we can't save them all but can we how how do we go about doing it you know is, do we put our energy in the who do we who do we focus on where does our energy best served you want to go first buff Cause I got a lot to say on it. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll be as succinct as possible. Um, so I, I may have the, the, the original part of your question slightly wrong, but when you said she asked or said that men aren't doing enough, and I think you probably elaborated a little further, but I initially thought, well, men aren't doing enough with young boys because you know, with black men, we still trying to figure out for ourselves as well, let alone trying to mentor younger men. That's just overall in general. Um, and 
to go back to an I'm, I'm always going back to the wire. The wire specifically had a season and a scene where they were trying to figure out at what age do they target young males to try to help. And the social worker originally thought, you know, 17 to 18 year olds, 16 year olds. It's, you know, not to say that you should give up on anybody, but it's pretty much too late. If they're if they're because you mentioned corner boys, boys on the corner and stuff, for, if they're out there in the streets at that age, more times than likely, it's too late for them. So you want to go younger. You want to start with middle school and younger. Um, but as far as what we should be focusing on, just just focusing on that young age range. And I do agree with with the, uh, the woman you spoke to as far as not everybody's meant to be in a, a, a suit and tie. And I think it also doesn't tap into the creativity of our culture and these young men. You know, there are so many different things that they can be doing that isn't necessarily corporate or that would necessarily require them to have to put on the suit and tie. Now, with that said, you want to prepare them to be professional as they can and be as intelligent as they can because you're always going to need those things. But it's not necessarily always finding a regular Wall Street type nine to five corporate America job. We have a lot of creative individuals out there. And I think at the end of the day, we should focus on instilling confidence because that's that's like the nucleus of a lot of issues in our communities that, you know, for all that acting out that we see young kids do and, you know, uh, doing things that get them in trouble. A lot of times is because they were embarrassed and we're not learning in school or whatever like that. And so they, they lash out in other ways like that. It's, it's a false bravado a lot of times. So if we can instill that confidence and let them know that they matter and that they are something, I think that may not be the number one spot to start, but I think that's a good spot to start if it's not number one. So, um, so it's so much to unpack in that one post. It's going to be hard. So, First of all, yes, I agree. the 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 village mindset is is dead. Whereas anybody can discipline your child, and but I don't think the village mindset is dead when people want to help other people. Um, there's still people out there that really want to help, and 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 when you talk about where do you start as a as a mentor and stuff like that, I feel like you need to start at your passion. Because if you try to teach kids, like Buff said, you know, I'm trying to teach you how to be corporate and I'm not corporate myself. Um, maybe your passion is art and you want to help kids through art. Maybe your passion is, you know, I like working on cars. And so I'm a bond and I'm going to show kids how to be mechanics and, and get them exposed to working with their hands early, you know, or, or woodwork or whatever. Um, I'm going to just, you know, mentor some kids that way, bring them out. And I'm like, hey, we're going to work on cars today. We're going to go talk to, we're going to go to a car show. We're going to, you know, do something that I know y'all might be interested in, that I'm interested in. And I'm going to start some kind of a club that way and 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 bring those kids out and give them things and outlets and stuff to do. Um, I saw a group in Mobile, actually, that was a fishing club. Like they just took, they just took kids fishing. It was like, you know, nothing, but it's, it's a way for the kids to get at least a Saturday morning with some successful folks, pick their brain, mentor them, talk to them, befriend them, you know, so that they have somebody that's not going to down them and talk down to them, but still be able to, uh, you know, have conversations that will advance them. 
So there, there are a lot of people in Mobile specifically that I know of that are reaching out and they're doing things for those kids. So there are opportunities for these kids, but you, you mentioned that you can't help everybody. Uh, you know, some people think that you really can't help everybody. Uh, like Buff said about that 16, 17 year old that's on the block. You can say, Hey, there's, there's places for you to go, but there are people that walk out on those corners and be like, Hey, I want to get you out off the corner and they get laughed at. You know, they'd be like, man, get off the corner, get away from here or whatever. You know, churches do that. Church outreach does that like all the time. That's not, not anything new. So I, I don't I don't agree with that whole there's not people out there trying to do that. And there's no place for these kids to go. And there's nobody that's reaching out to them because there are there's plenty of places for these kids to go. There's plenty of things for those kids to do, but they have to want it, too. Uh, you know, the the whole thing with addiction and, and it, even with the, a little bit of what that is, that uh, you look at it like almost like an addiction is they have to identify and know that, hey, I want to change. It, uh, you know, that that's your first step. So if they don't want to change, if they don't want to do it, then a lot of what you're doing and what you're offering them is going to be moot anyway. And so I just I, I, I hate to hear kind of those false narratives of there is no outlet and there's nobody reaching out to them. When I know for a fact that there is, you mentioned the Omega lamp lighters like that. The lamp lighters aren't all about just putting them in a suit. It really is mentorship and letting them uh, see that they, you know, can advance and go to college and, or, or to a trade school. Cause they talk trade school just as much as they talk to college. Uh, I know, I know our chapter does here, you know, in, in Birmingham. So there there's, there's other outlets for those kids uh, in inside of that, there's also you know Capital League. I know does the same thing. I mean, we you know we we talk bad about Capital League or whatever, um, just because we're the bros. But you know they they do that kind of same thing and try to advance. Now they do. Uh, they're all about kind of putting them in suits and everything like that. I, I I know that for a fact. But you know that that's that's the kind of beauty of it. Those kids have options of what they want to join and where they want to go and what they want to do. Uh, and, and I, I think probably the best thing that we might be able to do is maybe do some subsidizing where there's no cost to the kids. Cause I know there's costs and fees and associated with some of these things. Uh, so maybe that we could kind of go in and, and try to help offset some of those costs, but there's plenty of government programs where these things happen. Like I talked about art. I know there's an art uh, program at, uh, the art museum down in Mobile where kids can go in and, and learn art and learn how to do things. And if, if that's what they're interested in. So there's plenty of programs out there, but the kids have to want it. Uh, and, and so I, I think maybe what Aunt B was kind of saying is that nobody's reaching out, actively reaching out to these kids, but you know, at, at a certain point, this kid's got to have some kind of like, you know, responsibility or personal responsibility too, especially teenagers. Now, if we're talking about younger kids and, and, and there, there are a lot more outreach towards younger kids. Cause like Byron said, I think that's when they're trying to catch them. Uh, and they are kind of giving up on those teenagers and those upper level, uh, you know, almost adults, uh, because at that point they're so ingrained. It's just hard. It's just hard to really kind of catch them and do anything with them after that. Well, there's a lot to unpack for me. So I'm gonna keep asking questions. Cause I have a, I have a buttload to say, so you guys both had some great points and I definitely love what you were coming with, Byron. Like you have to start young because that prison to pipeline really starts around the second and third grade, sadly enough. And I mentored second and third graders and I and I saw it. I saw it firsthand and I could see yep. why they think that and why that's a possibility. Um, so. There's only so much time in a day. There's we all have families, we all have stuff to do. If you had an hour a week 
to go mentor somebody and save somebody. The question is, do you go do you go talk to the Tavares Ferguson in high school, ninth, tenth grade, who's a who's a pretty good student, kind of rough around the edges somewhat, but just has all the potential in the world. He just needs somebody that can grab hold of him and point him in the right direction. He's probably going to be okay regardless. But just how great could he be if he got mentored by a Rizzi or a Buff? Or do you go mentor Ferg, who's in the streets? You know, to, he's, he already, he's been in and out of juvie. You know what I'm saying? He's a single-parent household. He out here doing what he needs to do. He's not a bad kid, but he's just kind of out there, you know, he's doing his thing. You know, uh, if he doesn't get help, it, it's, it's, it, it could get bad. Where, where does your time go? Is there a right answer to this? Because continue. I'll let you guys answer that. Oh, you get the gist. It isn't, you know. Yeah, I think that was more rhetorical because, you know, that, like you said, there is no right answer. I mean, it, it's just what which which kid can you deal with is, is the thing because uh, everybody can't mentor for is the other part about it. You know, and they they may not be able to really uh, connect with Ferg because they may not have that life experience and Ferg's not going to respect them or whatever. So everybody can't uh, connect with them like, you know, some like I could probably go and mentor Tavares, but it may be very hard for me to mentor Ferg. You know what I mean? So I I can try. I definitely can try, but he's not going to receive me the same. Yeah. And And it's a. am sorry. I was say, and I don't, I don't know what triggered her post, uh, but I definitely, you know, hearing you read it, and I do remember that post. I see, I do see frustration, and that's why I like what Razio said in pointing out that there are people that are doing that because we see that uh, with Black Lives Matter when a black person kills another black person. Every once in a while, you get someone that say, "Y'all always got something to say when it's a white person doing it, but when a black person does it, y'all aren't saying anything." And the truth of the matter is there are so many organizations and people and groups that are addressing, you know, the the, the problems that come with, quote, black on black crime or, or stuff like that. There are people out there putting in the work, but because you don't see the results, you know, what I mean, it, it's it's it, the problem is so vast and so big. And when you don't see the results, you do get frustrated and. I, I understand where people are coming from when they let that frustration out and say things like that. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. And her post reminds me of people that say those type of things when it comes to uh, I always say, quote, black on black crime, because that's the that's the great Brandon said yeah. uh, that smart MF. Yeah. Black on black crime is a myth. It, it it definitely is. And and, and again, uh, kind of along that same lines, when she mentioned like the folks on Facebook or folks on social media posting guns and stuff, that is the minority of our black kids. And I want everybody to understand that most of our black kids are the Tavares. They're the kids that are, you know, they, they're good kids. Maybe maybe they're the Fergs, but even Ferg wasn't a bad kid. You know what I mean? It, and so that's most of our kids. I mean, and so, you know, you might have one or two kids, you might have 5% of the population that's, yeah, posting guns and and dealing drugs and everything, but that's not 
the majority of our kids. So let's not try to make it seem like black kids are bad because of those actors. But I don't think she's saying they're bad. It's just I mean, I don't think she is, but I'm yeah, just saying okay. in general, like it comes it's, off like that. Are we investing the energy? And is our energy directed in the right way? So I'll start back when she said the village is dead. I think it is on multiple levels. For one, it's our priorities have changed. We're too busy. We're 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 busy. You know, like I ha- I'm I'm I have a lot going on. I have to find time to do everything. You know, it, it's does the average person have time, or is it a priority for them to go mentor somebody who, like she said. Ain't y'all kids? You know you're taking you're taking care of home. That's hard enough. You're trying to make sure your kids don't end up one of those statistics that she's talking about. Then you look at society where you can't reprimand anybody. You know you look at the school system and you're working with um you're working in the school system. Well, you know with this these charter schools rising, and you have a lot of parents that see their kids do no wrong. So how can I help your kid with, in your mind, your kid already got it together. You know, what? how, how can I chastise or change their way of thought when, you know, and I hate to sound cliche, you know, we got babies raising babies. When they think the stuff that their kids are doing are cool. When you're trying to change that trajectory, you, you only get steps so far. I want you to make my son as a student, but, you know, don't give him no homework. Don't, you know, don't, you know, teachers have a hard time uh, disciplining kids and stuff like that. Um, so oh, and just to, just to talk to, to talk about that, I think another thing when we talk about where you spend your time, we always forget about mentoring parents uh, because a lot of times, you know, I can spend an hour with your kid a, a week and I might make a difference. But if I spend an hour with the parent a week and teach them you know, better parenting techniques, uh, anger management techniques, how to talk, communication techniques. Actually, you might make a bigger difference in that child's life than if you spent that hour with that child. How many parents going to let you tell them how to raise that kid? I I, I mean, I understand that. But, but, but that's how they're going to see it. That's how they're going to see it. That's and, how they, and, you know, there, there's programs to help with parenting. And so, you know, that that's another aspect that we have to think about, too, is helping the parents parent instead of just trying to mentor the kids all the time. And Ferg, yeah. you're right. But I think there are parents that really want what's best for their kids. They do. They do. And, and they just literally don't have any answers at all. I know. I do. And, and they want that help. I deal with it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just amazed how the parents come to me and just because there's some good kids, really good kids. All my boys are good, good, good guys. I mean, they just have different personalities going through different life. They've been presented with different struggles. But the parents come to me and I'm kind of like, this is new to me, too. You know, I don't have all the answers, you know. Um, I can help point you in a direction. I can help find programs. But it's it's very interesting. You know, um, I think there's a lot of people out there with goodwill. I challenge people too. you know, I think first thing she was kind of mentioning is like, we, we can have all these accolades. We can do all these great things, but look within, are you giving back? I think that's where, that, that's where it starts. Are you giving back? What are you doing? You know, no matter who you decide to mentor, how you decide to mentor is it art. If it's getting involved in uh big brother uh, programs, coaching little league, what, I mean, whatever it is, what, what, yep. what, what, what are you going to do? It starts there. But it, it's about the youth, too. You got to get there. But then once again, 
okay, now he's 15. Is it too late? You know, you're willing to give your energy to an eight-year-old, eight a 10-year-old, but you, you, Rizzi wasn't mentoring when this kid was 10. So you weren't there. Do you put your energy to the next 10-year-old or you still try to find help that 15-year-old? Because that's my thing. I, one of the challenges with my lamplighter programs is I do want to help them all, but we don't have the bandwidth. Do I do I have Ferg and Tavares in this program and I'm taking away from where Tavares could go because I'm I have to go back and pull Ferg up like we can't move forward because Ferg doesn't want to be active. He doesn't want to be part of it. We were, we're, we're, we're retrogressing because of other people. Or do you say, like, you know what, I'm going to get a bunch of Tavares's. And I'm trying to turn him into a Mr. Ferguson. I'm trying to turn him into this person. Like if I can get a Tavares and a Rizzi and a Buff and stuff like that, yeah, it would be great to get Ferg. But I always think I I I love you guys like brothers. And Rizzi, you had your dad was great, but I feel like were the things that if you raised you, if you knew. If the things you know now, you were able to impart in Young Rising. I don't know what the conversation you and dad were having, but Byron, same question. If you raised you, if you had you as a resource, where would your life be today? You know, when you said you wanted to go away from co- to college, would Byron have made Byron go to his ass way, go to college? I raised, and I'm not saying I raised myself, but I made a lot. And you guys knew me. I made a lot of decisions on my own. With little to no guidance. Rizzi, you guys, you I was asking you guys questions at I'm at 18, 19 asking y'all questions like y'all got the answers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's my thing is it's is it wrong to say, hey, this is, you know, if this kid doesn't get help, his life might end up being hell. But if I help this kid, he could be destined for greatness. I think we're all great, but I could only imagine if I had one of you three, one of you two, or one of us three growing up mentoring me as a young Ferg, as a young Tavares, any one of those. So that's my challenge. It's like, how do I, you know, do you just let everybody in? Do you close the door and say, hey, you know, I'm focused. My energy's here. I'm best served doing this, taking good to good to great, you know, or do you say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to take everybody because I just want it. If I can get everybody to good, then we're all good. Once again, no right or wrong answer. It's, you know, depends on where, where your energy is. If you have a kid that you're just trying to get to good, then you're going to say that. Just go help my kid. If you have a kid that's good and you're like, man, I, f- I feel like you can bring out the greatness of my kid. You're like, leave, leave Ferg alone. Focus on Tavares. You know, it's self-interest sometimes, you know, it's a dilemma, man. I want to save everybody, but it doesn't, it, it's, it, it doesn't happen, you know, and it, it, it's, it's a, it, it's scary, man. Especially when you start really imparting yourself in those kids' lives and you see it and you watch them grow and you want the best for them. And then you see the, 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 the good and the bad, you see the, the failures or the roadblocks. I'm not going to call it failures, the roadblocks and you see the successes. So. I'm done, man. You know, I can talk about mentoring all the time. That's my that's that's my passion. Ferg letter kids. Definitely. 
So what we got? You, up? you up, Buff? You want it? I went first last week, didn't I? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah, so you, you can take it. All right. Well, I have... I'm going to lighten it up. I'm going to lighten it up. So, I don't know if y'all saw, but uh, the Migos said that they should be on the Mount Rushmore rap. And not as like a group, but they literally said that each one of them should be on there. And uh, I don't know who should be the fourth. But with that, you know, we love our, our Mount Rushmore discussions. So, I want to know who is you guys... Mount Rushmore of groups. So, you know, two or two, three kid, guys together. Uh, what's your Mount Rushmore groups? Because we always talk about individual artists. We always exclude what's, outcasts because they're about a group. rap. Uh, any, 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 any group. That, that, makes, it, that makes it even tougher. That makes, makes it even so, tougher. So I, so I can go EWF, right? Are they yeah. a band or they're a group? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a <sighs> band group. Yeah, you can go Earth, Wind, Fire. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. <sighs> Ah, hold on. You know, that, is, that is uh, <laughs> that is extremely tough, right there. I'm, I got it. I'm, I'm gonna go with my first thought. You study long, you study wrong. EWF, Jackson Five, Any, and Cass. Walking away. <sighs> okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe UGK. See, see, that's when it gets hard, right? It's like a <laughs> ball, MJG, any boys to men, go to see. See, see, dun, dun, dun. definitely. EWF stays, go buff, so I can. Uh, I, I'm just gonna stick with the rap genre, it's, it's much too difficult to do all of music. Um, I'm I'm gonna go Outkast. Of course, I think Outkast should be on everybody's Mount Rushmore. Not just every; it should be on everybody's Mount Rushmore. Just just put that there. Wu, and I'm not even a Wu Tang Clan fan for real, for real. But you gotta respect. You, you can't tell you can't talk rap groups and not talk Wu Tang Clan. And um, to be honest, I wanted to put NWA on there because of how influential they were to rap. I mean. They pretty much started what we call gangster rap. But uh, I went with UGK and Ghetto Boys. And they got to have Ghetto Boys on there because for me, being from the South, they were the ones that really like started. Like Without them, you don't get a Master P. You don't get a Cash Money Records or anything. Or you don't even get an Outkast. They started it in the South. And they brought up Scarface, who... If we were doing yeah, solo artists in hip hop, he would be on it. Yes. So you put you put Scarface on your uh yes on your Mount Rushmore? yes okay All absolutely right. yeah you've you, heard this he you, faces if you, if you ask any time you ask Jay Z Scarface is up there Scarface is definitely face mm. but yeah uh, so Outkast Wu UGK Ghetto Boys I probably should put Hot Boys on there and I may change my mind before this is over. Because uh, if you think about it, Hot Boys literally brought us three solo stars. Superstars. Yeah. Superstars. Yeah, yeah, superstars. BG, Juvenile, and and Hell. We talking about solo artists. Lil Wayne is on some people's Mount Rushmore solo artists. So. Um, but I'm going to stick with that for now. But I may change it to Hot Boys before this conversation is over. 
<laughs> All right, Fert, what you got? So we're gonna let, let's let's focus it a little bit. To, we'll 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 just say rap at this point. And Ball and G is my favorite, by the way. Just so people know, I'm not biased. They're my favorite, <sighs> and I didn't even put them on there, but they're my favorite group. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Like of all time, I was I was coming back. I was gonna I was gonna take a step back. I got to cast. I try to measure impact and popularity, and it's kind of because eight ball they never really got the popularity impact like nationwide for real, for real. So that was my decision making. Go ahead first. You got to have cast on it. I mean, it's almost yes. unfair. Yes. You know, it's just it's like you. It's, it's like you, it's like you name three else. spots. Yeah, they're, it's, they're, it's, they're, yeah, they're like the free spot on uh, Bingo. You know, yeah. the free space. <sighs> UGK. I mean, they just they represented dog. They just. Some of my favorite concerts was. Oh, let me stop. I want to get into mine. I, I, <laughs> Like put no limit on there. Yeah, no limit oh. made like so, they they brought rap to the world. But 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 no limit the, technically isn't a group. Are you talking about it's a true? Label. Are you talking about the five hundred four boys? My answer is yes. No limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, he kind of cheating a little bit. Though. Okay, so <laughs> I, I want to say Death Row then. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so I can't do no limit. No, we're gonna say no. We can't do labels. But they have they, they they that's the thing. They made labels a group. Like they they changed the game to me. Like mm. it, I I do feel like every last one of their albums was a no limit album because yeah. they had so many features and everything like that. It's like it really didn't matter whose album it was. Well, he could say <laughs> Other true. Than you knew that person was gonna be yeah. on every song. Yeah, like they true. made they made it like. <sighs> I wasn't excited for stuff to come out like that since, you know, I was getting Happy Meal toys. Like you just knew when it was going to drop, you know, or a toy in a, a toy in the cereal box. Like you were just waiting on those albums to drop, but we can't get that. You could always say true. True was P, P. murder, silk. silk, silk, and that was it, right? Uh, yeah, they were nah. only true members. Yeah. That was one more, right? Nah, that was it. Because. Because so, I mean, you know me, I I would I liked Fiend and Mac Mystical. Uh, yeah, they, they they weren't they weren't true. That's a, that's why I said no limit. As bitch. A group. By the way, Mac about to be a free man. Oh, he is a free yeah, man. Free yeah, Mac, so, yeah, got parole. I guess I got to default to Woo. I mean, like they kind of they just individually they were just superstars. You yeah, know, they just say, yeah. you know they. I'm trying to think who's that fourth spot though. Were you a locks fan? And, and kind of like talking about it, like Wu was an actual group and not yeah. a label, yeah. even though they had so many people on it. Yeah. They literally were considered a group. And No Limit is like Rough Riders. Like Rough Riders, it, they kind of they kind of yeah. mixed up the whole group record label thing. So I guess the, yeah. I might have to then I might have to do the Hot Boys because the Hot Boys were a group. They were the a rap yes. super group, but I don't want to mm-hmm. do the Hot Boys. I just like I feel like I'm cheating myself. It's hard to argue not having the Hot Boys on there. To be honest. I know, but it's yeah. Yeah. I feel like they were the boy bands of rap groups, man. They they were yeah. they were they yeah. they they changed the game. They made as me, a group. NWA they, did the same, and that's that's why it's so hard not to put them on there. Okay, Ryzen, come on, come on. But it's all they made so, me. They made me say bling bling. They did. They did. <laughs> so for me, so for me, cast given. Yes, my wild card actually is Tribe Called Quest. 
Uh, I love Tribe. Tribe. Yeah. Tribe was, man, like. You, you and Tip. Yeah, yeah. Q-Tip, like, the, the low-end theory, man, I played that, like, record out <laughs> until it popped for real. And then I bought the CD, and I played that until the scratches were so bad that I couldn't play it anymore. Like, I love low-end theory. So, Tribe Called Quest for me, hands down. Woo, of course, because that is my favorite uh, group behind Outkast. But, but again, Outkast is like they they're in a league of their own. Um, but so for my fourth, it was really hard out of UGK and Ball and G. And I talked about like the the my favorite going to um, like concerts yeah. and just like small groups. Like I hung out with Eight Ball for a whole night one time, just like hung with him. Like he was, he was at the platinum and uh, one of my homegirls knew the owner and like her and my line brother called me like, Hey, ball is here in VIP and we just chilling. Come on. And so we just hung out all night with a ball. Coolest dude hanging out, having fun. Then he just impromptu said, you know what? I feel I'm feeling it and got up on stage and like rocked the uh, show. So it was like one of the best nights of my night. Of my of my life, just like um, musically, but like Byron said, UGK had Pimp C <laughs> by himself. Like when you think Big what? Pimpin', how you changed that international players anthem. So, then you th- talk about their al- actual albums. Uh, you I know, have, I have and, to remind myself that Big Pimpin' is Jay Z's song. Yeah, forget Big exactly. Pimpin' though. International players anthem. Anthem. Is. Stop, 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 because I was going to actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a top five rap song of all time. I'm sorry. So, we're going to do a segment then. I was going to let y'all know. I, I wanted you to do, because I saw this somewhere. We're going to take like songs with features, top songs with features, and we're going to do versus the verse. Who Ooh, had I the, like that. Who had, who had the, the best, best verse? Best verse. So, We'll do we'll do that next week. We'll we'll do a post. We'll do a post. But uh we're gonna do a we'll do a bonus round for your for your question, Rizy. Record label. Yeah, yeah. Remember Ooh. I asked that way back in the day. Oh, we did? So, the best record label? Oh, favorite record label. Yeah, so you remember because I said slip aside and y'all y'all got on me real hard for that. <laughs> that was your favorite record label? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, yeah. Like uh, just that whole Miami bass music. Thing. But See, I didn't, you just, I didn't understand just, the difference in Atlanta-based music and Miami-based music. Completely I, I kind of lumped them all together. I didn't but, like um, my, my, me. We uh, getting off topic. We getting off topic. UGK is my last one. I pick UGK. I'll throw that out there. Ferg, did we get your um? Did we get your, <laughs> your last four? I was trying to make it. I was Migos. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Hot Boys, dog. They, they made me gotcha. say bling bling. Not a bad. Uh, they almost made me get uh, tattoos on my forearms too. I didn't tell y'all about that. That's when I really. That's that. That was Ferg thinking. Murder. He did that with SWAT. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I said what well, they almost made me do because you know. <laughs> I got one on my forearm, but not like how Marquise has. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I can't do it. I thought about it. All right, buff what you got, man. Oh, man, I really should have went before you because uh, my question is intentionally boring. I think we touched on it in an early epi- earlier episode, but I'm so obsessed with it. And 
Uh, when I have questions like these, it's one of the reasons why I like doing this show because I can ask you two brilliant brothers and it's your answers will more or less be for me than it will be for the audience, but hopefully it'll be for the audience as well. But I'm obsessed with having enough when I retire. You can ask Rozzy. We have exchanged messages over the years on like, hey, hey, check out my TSP now. What you think? Uh, how much you think I should have? And he's like, you know, it depends on what type of lifestyle you want to live when you're done working, things like that. So you guys can be short or as long as you want to be. But in your opinion, what 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 are what are some things that you are doing to make sure that you are prepared, uh, preparing for retirement? Because I think there is some type of formula that some financial planners use. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Rosie, like whatever your salary is, a certain percent should be going to this and, and going to that. Um, so what are you guys doing to make sure you are, you are prepared and what is like the best advice you can give someone to make sure that they are prepared and not having, and this is no shade to anyone that greets at Walmart, but you don't want to be in a position where you work 20 or 30 years and you have to go get a job in your 60s and, and early 70s. Um, I'll start because Rise is going to be way more in depth than mine. First of all, I think you have to acknowledge that you need a plan. Because, you know, I've talked to people recently and it's like, man, I'll start retiring. I'll start planning for this at 50, 55. I'm like, um, because they, they don't play like they don't they don't understand how retirement works. You know, uh, Social Security is only so much. I think what is Social Security max out like twenty three, twenty five hundred dollars a month or something like that? Not much. And don't yeah. depend on yeah, the full amount. Right. Whatever that projected amount is that you get every year, don't depend on that. There's a chance it yes, could be a little less. So that good point because that is retiring at sixty seven. But I mean the basics. Match out your four hundred one k. Well, not, max out your four hundred one k, or at least max out the max match. Max out the match. I've started opening investment accounts. I rolled over old 401ks into our IRA and starting to pour more into that. I'm I'm focusing on investing now. I, I'm focusing on, on multiple levels. So it's, you know, active investments, investments, passive investments, you know, just like stocks or, you know, like, you know, before we got on the call today or, or started recording, we were talking about investing in a, in a startup. Also, Additional streams of income, you know, we've talked about right now. We have a photo booth business. I'm part I'm, in, I'm part of an investment group because I'm trying to find ways to increase my self-worth, you know, taking that photo booth business, building our capital, reinvesting into the business where I have active income. And our goal is to be able to uh, take that income and invest into our retirement. And one of the biggest things is just lower our spend. Like you have to set a budget. Well, we've set a budget and our goal, you know, Z hasn't worked in two and a half years. And I'm fortunate enough or we're fortunate enough where we can live off my income. She's looking about looking at entering the workforce and being able to say, hey, we're going to take that and try to invest the majority of it. You know, like, and that's not this, and that's not the situation for everybody. But it's 
I guarantee most people can find a way to lower their expenses. Still live, but lower your expenses Um, and prioritizing retirement. I advise everybody on this show to go out and watch Netflix. The Money Explained, there is a there's an episode on retirement. Did you watch that recently, Byron? Yes. That everybody I've talked to in the last two weeks, three weeks, I'm like, that has me nervous. Mm -hmm. And realize realizing your truth, like realizing where you're at. My biggest gap right now is my retirement funds. We live comfortably, but we're not where I want to be, where I think we should be, where I know we should be with our retirement. The good thing is we're in a situation, God willing, if we continue on this path, we can make up for lost time. But it's you got you got to You got to look at it. Look at all your options. Um, Rising give you more detailed strategies. But this is just from a novice, somebody who's just saying, hey. You, you got to do something. You got to change what you're doing. Most likely your 401k is not going to be enough. Most likely your Social Security is not going to be enough. And if you don't have an investment accounts or pension, even like paying off that house, equity in that house, you know, we're looking to get into real estate and buying multiple properties. Those are all things we were talking about. We've talked about multiple investments on this on this with, with, between us. Mm-hmm. And making those happen because all those investments are not to make my life better. Now, all those investments, every investment I'm trying to do is a way to build my retirement. All of what Ferg said um, is it, it, spot on. I, I think the the hard part or the the most important one is time value of money. Start early. So anybody that's you know just in college, you're about to uh, finish out. Parents who have college kids that's about to start a job. First thing you need to do is tell them start for their retirement as soon as they start working, whether it's I graduated high school and I started working or, you know, I went to college and I graduated college. Now I'm starting to work. Um, They need to start early. Time value money makes a huge difference. Starting at 20 and starting at 35 for retirement is it's it's a life and death really when it comes down to, you know, retirement. Um. I always say at least 10% of your income needs to go to your retirement. That's that's an easy number that most people can feel comfortable with. That maximize that match from most companies uh, only match up to 5%. Now, if if it's a little too much for you, maybe you do the, the 5% and most companies match up to 5% and that puts you right at your 10% because the company matched uh, that. And so that you're still saving about 10%. So if you, you know, you, you're feeling uh, kind of the pinch and you, you can't, you know, give the 10% right now, uh, at least go up to that match, like Ferg said. But what you want to do is try to ratchet it up each year so that you can get up to the, at least that 10% uh, of your uh, salary that you're saving. Um, along those lines, make sure you're paying yourself first, meaning that if if you get a new job and you make more money, don't go out and spend or expand your bills to cover that. Make sure that you Ratchet up your uh, 401k or your uh, IRA contribution so that you are saving for retirement and and know your number. And yeah, I know there was a commercial out for a long time talking about that. Right. It was like um, this financial uh, firm. Uh, they were talking about know your number, know your number, know your number. Your number is how much you really need to be able to save so that you can produce enough income to live on in your retirement. And you need to know what that is. And it's different for everybody. Right. So. 
if you make $40,000 or $50,000 a year, your number is going to be different than somebody making $200,000 or $150,000 a year. So you need to know your number so that you know what you're saving towards. Because without a goal, it's very, very hard. You're going to have a whole lot of anxiety just because you don't know if you're saving enough or not, right? Without knowing your number. So if you know your number, at least you know I'm on track, I'm behind, or you know I'm, I'm ahead of the game, I'm good. Um, that'll you, help you a little bit. How do you find your number? So your number is uh, usually a real quick, easy way is if you're just trying to replace your income, um, you income, if you want your money to last forever, you can only take about 45% of it uh, a year, right? Uh, and so whatever that number is, it's 5% of whatever that number is to, to replace your income. So that that's what your number uh, should be. Um, there's some calculators on, um, on online and what we can do is we can post one of those calculators so that, and I'll put it in the show notes so that you guys, uh, can link out to it and, and kind of find that number. For so, I, you. so I think what's hard for a lot of people is to realize that, you know, think about you 20 years from now, mm-hmm. that number, if you were to retire today is different than that number 20 years from now, we're, we're all 40 now, you know, a little more than 20 years from now for some, you know, so Right now, I got a mortgage. I got two kids. I'm trying to get through college and, you know, daycare and all this stuff. House paid off. You might want to get right. New- and that, that that was one of my next things was I'm talking about um, that for in retirement. One of the biggest things that I do and I tell folks is pay your house off before you retire. You should not have a house note in retirement. So. If you are 30 years old, you can do a 30 year mortgage, right? Because you, you, you want to say I'm retiring at 60, you know, for simple math. Uh, I, you want to retire at 60 at 30. You can do a 30 year mortgage. If today we went out and we got a mortgage at 40, you need to refinance for a 20 year mortgage and you need to make sure that you can afford it, that. Right. So don't go get a, a huge house because you want to re- move into a big house, but then you put it on a 30 year mortgage. Cause that means that you're going to have a mortgage when you retire, if you try to retire at 60 or 65. So, you know, just in your head, think whenever you're refinancing or when you're buying a house, you want to be able to finish paying that house off by the time you retire. And that, because that's usually most people's biggest expense, right? Is their house. And so if you can pay that off before you're like you said, if our, your number goes down because you don't need as much income to be able to live because you don't have a thousand, two thousand dollar, you know, house note every uh, year that you have to worry about paying. So that's a huge, huge relief off of you. And that's uh, less income that you have to produce from your retirement accounts. Uh, so those are kind of the big ones that I would say is paying that house off, starting early, putting 10% in uh, and knowing that number so that you can feel comfortable that you're either there or not. Uh, And then kind of backing into, so how much do I really need to put in to make my number? Uh, And then figuring out how to get there slowly if you need to, but you need to try to catch up so that you can retire at it. Uh, And and think through, you know, if you have jobs that have pensions and things like that, that lowers your number because now you have a pension so you don't have to try to produce as much income. If you, you know, so that that's a huge thing. If you have a job, military folks like that, teachers uh, that, you know, have a pension, that's going to help you as well as, uh, you know, you can always put that Social Security in there. Like Byron said, uh, you can't count on it. What I do just to kind of hedge my bets, I use the 70 percent of whatever that number is they send every year. I put 70 percent in there and say, okay, I'll probably get 70 percent of it uh, because, you know, how Congress and everybody wants to act right now. We don't know if we're going to get it all. So, you know, you can use that. 
then add on your pensions and then figure out what your number is that you need to bring in every month. And so that'll lower that number that you need to actually save for retirement. Because a lot of people, especially if they're in uh, some of those fields that have pensions and stuff, they're a lot better off than they think they are based on, you know, that. Yeah. Sales on those pensions. I ain't worked for a company yet, but uh, the thing about it is you can't do nothing. That is that you can't, yeah. Do nothing. I don't know how many negatives that was, but um, you 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 said a lot, Rosie, because I think people avoid it. And I mean, I'll kind of highlighting what they said on. I want to say that was uh, money explained where they say people. It's hard for people to say because they never. You don't visualize yourself getting old. That seeing yourself twenty years from now, that's like a completely different person. I don't know that nigga. So why am I saving for him? I know I'm trying to go to Atlanta this weekend party. Yeah, that's what I do know. And, but and you just think you have time. You just yeah. have time on your side. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the tough part, man. It, it's scary. I mean, I've made some bad decisions when it came to. I'm not gonna say bad decisions. I made decisions that that I I felt like I needed to make at the moment, but I knew in the long run I would have to I'll have to pay it back. You know, and I, I say that because a lot of times I don't know if people just think we make all the right decisions and we got it made. I've cashed out my 401k multiple times to to do things that I needed to do. Um, when I look back, if I could go back and change it, you know, and I would. But it's like it was a necessity at the time. And I know people have done that multiple times. They use it. 401ks are like money in the bank. Shout out what you think. Mm-hmm. So what you got, right? I mean, Buff. Uh, so my answer is pretty much uh, some of it is repetitive of what you guys said. So if you're a listener, I would just say take my advice as the beginner's level, Ferg as the mid, and then Rizzy as the expert level. Because the things I do right now, for one, if you pay off a big bill like a car or something like that, uh, continue that. Just put it in your your savings or your investment, but like have it automatically. Like you, you're not gonna miss it. Like if you were able to pay that car month to month for years, then now you can, like Rosy say, pay yourself with it. Um, if you had a job, first off, if you had a job, try to get you a career. You know, pick up uh, some type of trade or go to school, but try to get you a career. But if you have the type of job that gives you a raise every year. And you have that 401k or in my case, a TSP raise how much if you if you're not contributing the max, then raise whatever your whatever percentage your raise is, throw that in your TSP, throw that in your 401k. You were living without that raise. Don't change your lifestyle when you get that raise. Put it in there at least until you get to that max contribution level. Um and the important thing is, I know most people know this, but for those that don't, I don't think you can save your way into retirement. Like having a savings account is great. Don't get me wrong. It's great because it's a large percentage of Americans that have zero savings. But I don't think that's going to help you as far as something to live off of uh, in retirement. So you want to try to find investments to get into. I know everyone became a, a, a overnight stock expert. During the uh, COVID, to the moon, <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> but but you know, just make sure you contribute into those four hundred one ks and things like that, and just do 
a lot of what Ferg and, and Rozzy said. And and I think the most important thing Ferg said was do something, have some type of plan. I, I know Rozzy doesn't like this and I'm not saying it for myself, but uh, I would say insurance is a potential and I'm oh, saying yeah. not, not, yeah. not, not, not on yourself, <laughs> but you know, making sure your loved ones who are getting up in age have insurance because of, $50,000 insurance plan that you cash out five years from now, what could you do with $50,000 cash in 20, oh, oh, yeah. 2026? No, that, that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, see, I, I wanted a preference. I want to make sure you understood. I'm not saying go, go get whole or, you know, I'm saying like, hey, if you need to, ta- if you can take out insurance plan on multiple people in your life, you know, if you invest $100, $200 a month, you know, you got a couple of insurance plans. You can, you know, $50,000 here, $50,000. And it might not come, you know, it might not come today. It might not come five years now. I don't plan on retiring for 20 plus years. You know, if it comes at year 2021, 20, that's $50,000, $100,000 that I didn't have. So I know there's mixed emotions about that and it sounds kind of morbid, but, and then, cause also it could be a liability because at the same time, make sure everybody, Make sure you you hedge your your, your bets. Uh, I know all the people around me that count on me have insurance. One, because at the end of the day, in my family, if something happens, somehow, I think Byron was saying like they they look to you for that. Uh, I need I need you to cash out. I need you to make this happen. So yeah, it, it is a it is actually a huge benefit for your retirement for your family to have insurance yeah. because a lot of times they're going to look to you. <laughs> because you have those retirement savings, they 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 think you're balling. Uh, they're gonna look to you when it's time to uh, bury that uh you know loved one, or you know that that parent or grandparent. Um, you know it, it's expensive to bury people, and so definitely, definitely, definitely have those insurance policies there. Uh, oh, I I did before we uh kind of get into partner shots. I did want to throw you uh, just a quick rule of thumb that may help out if they have just some rules of thumb for how much you should have saved at what age. And so they're saying at 30, you should have one times your salary. So not too, too terrible, right? You know, if you make 55, you should have 55 saved at 40, you should have three times your salary saved. A lot of people don't have that. That's actually really, really hard. And that's why I said, you know, start early, because if you start early, you can get there. And then at 55, they say you should have six times your salary. Uh, And so that's that quick math for your number for uh, that, you know, they estimate. So whatever your salary is, you should have six times that. uh, And that should be enough to kind of sustain your current lifestyle. Now, again, (laughs) like you said, as I get raises, I get promotions and stuff like that. That number changes and it fluctuates. And that's the hard part of it. If you if you get promoted quickly, uh, you know, you're not going to have three times your salary at 40 if you got a huge raise you know, four years ago, three, four years ago. So that's the hard part about it. But that's a quick, easy uh, rule of thumb for anybody to kind of want to see what their numbers should be, what they should have saved. Uh, But definitely go talk to a financial planner or somebody that can help you with retirement to get your actual number. I got depressed again. (laughs) Pardon shot, fellas. Uh... I mentioned a couple episodes ago, we're closing in on our 100 episode, and I did not get Rizzi's permission to say this on air, but I'm going to say it. We have been discussing uh, starting a YouTube 
channel for the show. But we don't know how much work there's going to be for Rising Soul. It's not a 100% certain thing, but um, that is something that we have discussed. And I, for one, hope it comes to fruition, but I won't be the one that's doing most of the work. So, (laughs) Uh, But I just wanted to let the listeners know that we are constantly thinking of ways to uh, make this platform bigger and better and uh, more enjoyable for you guys. So we hope you are continuing to enjoy us and uh we love the feedback that we get. We love the interaction on Facebook, man. You y'all wild on Facebook, by the way. Some of those posts, man. Uh I, I literally I know people type LOL all the time. A lot of times I'm literally laughing out loud at some of the comments on there. So thank you guys for that. And uh as I said before, we're closing in on one hundred episodes. So we're open to any suggestion. Please hit us up. Three Brothers No Sense on Facebook or Instagram. And um, let us know if you have any ideas on what we should do for our 100 episode. This is show 95, by the way. Yeah, for me, I just want to say happy birthday to Ma and Dad. My mom's uh, birthday was on Father's Day last Sunday. And my dad's this Sunday uh, coming up. Time out, time out. So did your mom, I know your mama. I know your mama for God knows how long. So did she take over Father's Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, Bobby you know, my is, dad my, got is my his, birthday. His Father's Day stuff, but Bobby it's her is birthday. my birthday too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she couldn't let him have just Happy Father's Day. Uh, she had to have her birthday too. So they did. They were down in Mobile with my sisters and everything. So, yeah, I already said congrats, Gigi, with the new baby uh, and, and Perry being a first time dad. Uh, I know that's huge. So, um, happy Father's Day again to everybody uh, th- from this past Sunday. But definitely happy birthday to my parents, uh, who's kind of seeing me through everything. Uh, like Ferg said, saw, saw a lot of other people, mentored a lot of folks, uh, touched a lot of people's lives. And so, um, you know, they, they deserve every birthday that comes and all the accolades and, and congrats uh, that come with those. So love you guys. All right. Um, two quick things. So shout out to Ara Lisa. It's a black owned uh, jewelry company. They're helping me get my ring back. I actually lost my wedding ring, wedding band. I've never, and I don't know how, I feel like it's in a house somewhere. I only take it out at, I only take it off at home. And every blue moon in the gym when I'm doing certain exercises and I haven't been able to find it, find it and it's been driving me crazy. So I was able to get a new ring. So it, I've ordered it. It's in town. It should be shipping soon. So if you're looking for jewelry, Aralisa, uh, go if you're trying to support a black business. And I I just need to take a second. You were talking about us approaching nine uh, hundred episodes. And I had to take a second and give a shout out to my beautiful wife, who's been like so great from day one. Because she's always been pushing me to say, baby, you have a lot to say, not just because I talk a lot, but you have a lot to say. And there's people that you can help and they need to hear it. And she was always trying to get me to buy, write a book. But I felt like being able to say what I need to say fluidly, consistently, because my thoughts and life changes was so much better. So there would not be three brothers without her. Uh, and the fact that we record every week. So to the families that allow us to get away, period, you know, because this is this is every this is this is 95 weeks of us getting away, you know, for a couple of hours every week. 
Uh, so shout out to the families, you know, the kids, everybody, because when we do this, it's taking time away from my families. We were talking about mentoring and all the things we do. And, you know, this takes time. Um, but it wouldn't be if it wouldn't be without you. But also just because work, the world's opening back up and I've been traveling a lot. I had a lot going on, even to the fact just going to uh, Birmingham and uh, Atlanta for Rizzi's birthday. And you've been holding it down, babe. So I really appreciate it. Um, we get to hang out this weekend, Rizzi. She'll be drunk. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> so if you see her, buy her a drink. But uh, gotcha. Just shout out to you, babe. I really appreciate you. I probably don't say it enough. It's e- what's crazy. It's easier for me to say it here to the world than to her face to face. Sometimes um, the world knows how much I love her and how much I care about her, probably to a fault. But sometimes I don't say it to her the right way. So, babe, if you listen to this episode, whenever you listen to it, you listen to it one day. Um, love you. Oh, second sappy week. I need to do some gangster, man. <laughs> Uh, Rizzy, put some outcasts on on this this one. Like, take us out <laughs> with some casts or something. Like, you know, I need some gangster. Yeah, I, so you saying our Sonic brand ain't gangster enough for you first? No, I need some gangster, gangster. Fo- folks love that. <laughs> they, they love that. They love <laughs> it. <laughs> we, we had we had the with the uh, acapella version of it today. I mean, yeah. this week. Yeah, that was, oh yeah, that was yeah! Cool. Shout out Ani and the kids. Yes, <laughs> just, just uh, add some gunshots uh, around yeah. when he's talking to make him sound. <laughs> yeah, more, more thugged out. All right, I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. <laughs> Go through so I can be gangster earlier. I can build my street cred, and then I can kind of, you know, like an R&B. I'm I, almost like an R and B thug. I, I feel like I feel like the bleeps emphasize it more. It it it, it adds more umph than actually like letting it there. Um, okay. Go through. Okay, add some beeps and bleeps in there for me then. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, but no, we really appreciate everybody, man. It's been a great week. Looking forward to recording. I'm looking forward to the 100th episode. We got some plans. We got some things we talked about, so we'll make it happen. Three Brothers No Sense, week 95. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, most importantly, listen again. Love you, Sky. Love you, TJ. I know I... I was going to put y'all in bed tonight because daddy's been away, but I had to record. So if you listen to this 20 years from now, forgive me. <laughs>